Hi everyone and welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast. So today's podcast I want to talk about well, I want to talk about the Firms Consulting Emerging Fellows program, the program where we take people from you know really disadvantaged, basically terrible communities with limited chances in life. We guide them through their studies, even guiding them into universities and placing them into major consulting firms, right? I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about the part of the program where we help them get into consulting firms. I think we've covered that in many different podcasts. Today, I want to talk about values, obligations, and expectations. So if you read the contract that they sign when they join, it's not a big contract, but in there it clearly says that people who join the fellowship program, the expectation is that once a year, they must go back to their communities and get involved in a significant social economic endeavor. We say social economic, social economic endeavor with the approval of firms consulting. So I need to approve that, right? That's in the contract. It is in the contract that they have signed. So it's not as if this is a big debate. They have to go home once a year. Now, I want to talk you through a recent event that happened with Svita, the lady from... Um, Saka province of Siberia, right? For those of you who don't know, you know, never this lady never had left her village pretty much her entire life. When she contacted me, she wanted help to join a mining company because she had read something I wrote about the mining industry in Russia. She wanted to earn about $200 a month. I started speaking to her. I convinced her to aim higher, you know, finish high school well. She got into a good university in Moscow transferred to a great university in Paris and then eventually got into McKinsey. She will join McKinsey full-time when she graduates. So, we had a discussion recently where we were planning the kind of things she's going to do come the winter vacations, which are not that far away, right? It's October and the winter vacations are just a few weeks away. So, I, when I run these discussions, I don't really worry about the agenda because I'm expecting the candidate, or in this case, the client's going to drive the bulk of it. So, you know, Sveda is talking about what she's going to do, and I'm listening. I'm paying attention, but I'm not really paying attention because I don't expect any surprise. And then halfway through the call, I realize, hey, hold on a second. What do you mean you're going to be doing your winter break in Paris, helping out with some, you know, community dealing with the integration of refugees from some country? I mean, that's, is, is that what you want to do? And she said, well, yeah, you know, I want to do something different. And I know I need to go back to Russia, but I, you know, I've lived in Russia my whole life. I want to do something different. So, and I'm still helping out with communities. I'm going to help teach these refugees who've come in. I've got no problem with refugees. You know, my ancestors were refugees one day. I fully support these things. Firms Consulting is 100% supportive of these causes. But that's not why we give out the Emerging Fellows Programme. The Emerging Fellows Program is a program where we specifically target certain communities whom we think lack role models. We go into that community, you know, scoop up someone we think could be a great role model, make them work very closely with myself or another partner, groom them and train them, and then send them back into that community so that they can serve as role models for others. It's a cycle, right? It's the circle of life. You can't break the circle and expect the conveyor belt of progress to continue. It's not going to continue. If Svita doesn't go back to a village, um, you know, what happens to other people that have dreams but don't know it's possible? 
So we had a long debate about this, right? Now, when we have this debate, I, I never tell, I never remind clients about the contract. I'll be quite honest with you. Even though there's a contract, I don't tell clients. I don't say, hey, you signed a contract that you will do this. Because the reality is the client knows that. If the client doesn't want to do something, me reminding them about the contract is not going to force them to do it. It's not like I'm going to enforce it by calling the French gendarmerie and saying, well, you know, Svita broke a clause. I'm not going to do that. That's not the way we operate. We have a far bigger stick we can use if we want to, which I'll discuss in a few minutes, right? So we had this debate, right, about why she wants to work in Paris. And the bottom line for me is that two problems that is. is one, what you're doing is not important. Helping refugees learn and speak English is very important to them. But given the skills you have and the potential you have, it's a waste of your skills. So get someone else to do the refugee work, but you can do more. She had this long debate. Eventually she agreed with me it's a waste of her time. And then she tells me, well, the reason I don't want to go back to you know, the Saka province besides the terrible winter is that she has a boyfriend in Paris and now she wants to spend time with him. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, we just spent the better part of the black hair I still had on my head trying to bring you into the you know, Western world and give you a future. And you are now passing up career choices to please some guy. I mean, honestly, is that what you want to be doing so early in your career? And obviously I cannot tell you this, right? But I'm thinking this. And I'm trying to get her to see it my way without saying it because I don't want to get involved in a personal dispute. But basically, it comes down to the fact where I said, look, you can't make decisions this way because you have to think about the long-term implications. You still have to develop yourself. You still need exposure to these skills. So I had to position it that way. Not as, you know, any guy that makes you change your career just to suit him is probably not worth it. I, you obviously can't say that, right? I'm not thinking it. So she agrees she'll go back to Russia for winter. But then she comes up with this quite ridiculous plan whereby, you know, her school has this program where all the masters in business students, they go and they basically do these projects. Basically, it's like what MBA programs do. They send off the MBA students to other parts of the world to do these market analysis, market research projects. Now, I honestly don't have any problems with those projects. But let me ask you a question. Who benefits from it? Does a little itty-bitty... I don't know, shop in the middle of the Peruvian desert benefit from a market analysis done by a bunch of MBAs? Or is this being done solely for the benefit of the MBAs to get some international exposure and tell a potential employee that I've worked internationally and therefore I should be paid a premium? Now, the reality is just like case competitions, which should have no value to your life, honestly, trying to get into McKinsey or BCG, these programs where students are taken to another country to do consulting work doesn't help. It doesn't help. It helps the students and therefore you should do it to help the students. But let's be honest, it doesn't help the client. So I am not going to sit there and tell Svita, yeah, do this because it's not going to help her community. Remember, the goal is to help the community, right? Taking your boyfriend along and a bunch of his few friends to get drunk and, you know, do weird stuff in Russia is not the goal of the program. So I had to talk out of that. Eventually, what I did talk into doing, which was, you know, took a long time, is that in the village where she's based, they have a very outdated system of um, pensions being distributed to town members. It's a manual process. So one of the things I want her to set up is a system whereby uh, um, the local bank can accept SMS payments 
and payments can be distributed via mobile phones. Now, that's not difficult to do. So all of you, you know, gasping and ooing and eyeing and thinking it's so hard. Why is Michael making it work so hard? It's not hard. It's actually pretty easy to do. If she wants to take some tech people from her school to do that, I'm okay with, but they have to roll it out. But that is useful to a community. It helps a community. Not going out and teaching people to read and write. That's going to help some other country, which is fine, but that's not the goal of the program. Now, emerging fellows has a lot of expectations on them. They have unprecedented access to me. They can call me up at any damn time of the night and say, Michael, I have this problem. What do I do? And I will guide them. I'll speak. I'll talk to them for an hour. I sit down with them when they're picking career choices, when they're picking their majors. I sit down with them when they are finding out where they will apply for internships. I sit down with them when they are planning their savings. I sit down with them when they're planning which offices to join. Such access comes with responsibility. And the responsibility is that you need to honor the program's initial goals. Now, am I upset with Svita? No. I mean, she's young. She's never been out of her country. She's obviously excited. I don't blame her. She's a child. She's going to be excited. She's going to do silly things. I don't at all, I don't at all belittle the, why she wanted to make the choices she did. I, I mean, I would have probably done the same thing, to be honest. So, I think the key thing is when you're dealing with such young people is you don't want to get into this model of saying, oh, young people, they're so irresponsible because it's easy to fall into that trap. I think the trick here is that she's going to be irresponsible because she is young. I mean, just accept that and life will be a lot easier. She's irresponsible. She's young, right? She wants to do stuff she never did. She's trying to compress it all into one vacation, right? So she's not going to be going to Russia for the whole of her break, just for half of the break. I think she can roll this thing out in six weeks or something like that. I don't know how long her break is. And then she'll come back and do whatever she wants, right? So I think the trick here is that it's like raising a, a daughter. You've got to reward her and teach her responsibility at the same time. If you're only teaching her responsibility, she's going to rebel. So the deal we have is that this is the way it works. She's got to roll it out. She finishes early. And if I can send her money while she's in the middle of that village, she can go. Right? And her friends and so on can help set it up and so on. My gut feeling is she probably wouldn't end up going. It'll be quite fulfilling for her. But I will insist she spend some time on a vacation. So... What are the lessons from the story? Well, the lessons is that when you're developing younger people, I feel that the older you become, you kind of forget that you got to have some fun in life, right? Yes, she has obligations, but you can't cut out the fun. you got to go through the motions and do what you got to do, but it has to be fun. It's a reward system in place, right? There's a reason capitalism beat communism. You work harder when you are incentivized. So incentive is roll this up, then do whatever you want. I think the second one is that you never fall into the trap of saying, oh my God, young people are just so lazy because it's easy to do that. I don't think this lady is lazy. I think she's damn impressive. If not one of the most impressive people I've ever seen in my entire life, right? Um, You know, she just reminds me of Chris. Maybe she's a younger version of Chris, um, a partner at Firms Consulting. She reminds me a little bit of Amy, another partner at Firms Consulting. Um, When you want to develop someone, there has to be explanation of responsibilities without judging them. You have to get them to do things by rewarding them, not by punishing them. There's not a punishment whereby, oh, you, you took all our time and money and now you have to do it. No, because if I do that to her, she doesn't, she's not going to want to do it. 
you've got to find a way to encourage them, which makes it difficult, right? Because you think you signed a contract that people would follow, but people are humans, they get tired. It's hard to do everything all the time. So if you have people you're trying to motivate, it is about motivation, about incentivization. It's never about you sign the contract, you have to do this. Even though they signed a contract, you have to find ways to motivate them and get them going. So hopefully that's the lesson you take out of this. Obviously we will you know, chronicle her journey quite closely because she is one of our most successful emerging fellows. She could end up being the most successful one over time. Time will tell. Um, you know, she's got strong competition from Sander and so on. But hopefully you find this useful. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to respond and I'll give you my thoughts.